Welcome to the University Star Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kisa Ramirez, and joining me, I guess now longtime contributor and probably future contributor, uh, Cameron Cutchell. How goes it? I'm good, man. How are you doing today? Pretty good. I wish I could say the same for the Texas State baseball team. We're just going to start off like that. Let's get right um, to it. Yeah, I mean, this we're doing this podcast because of the, the game that in question, Texas was playing, Texas State was hosting the number 10 ranked Texas Longhorns in San Marcos, a pretty big game. Um, a record-setting perf- uh, attendance record was set in the game. Tw- 2,653 people attended, but the game did not turn out the way the Bobcats wanted to. A uh, 6-4 to four loss, game down to the wire. The Longhorns made that la- last rally, and it, again, for the Bobcats, I wrote it in my lead, but it's the same as it ever was for this team. You have that lead. You have the momentum. The fans are there. The fans, the whole entire stadium was packed, which is a relief for a big game of this like proportion. And then Texas just makes one play, and there's the game. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I remember I didn't. I've never been to a uh, Texas Texas State baseball game, but I was at the uh, softball Texas Texas State game last season. And the same story. You had an packed house, crowds behind you. Everything is great going your way. You just have the feeling. You're just like, man, I cannot wait if they pull this off because it's just going to be a huge, nice moment. And I, the same, the same Texas softball team. Then they like there was like a seventh inning rally or something, and they scored like ten runs, some some double digit crazy amount of uh, runs. And I remember last year, Ricky Witter was just like, all hell broke loose that inning. It was one of the biggest stories I had written last year. And similar similar to today's, like deja vu almost just with baseball, you know, they were leading, the Texas State was doing great until the seventh inning, and then I guess it just, it, the tide. The blanket, the, the time, fan. The, yeah, <laughs> the, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. For the Bobcats, it was the 20th consecutive loss to the Texas Longhorns. Um, they are 41 and nine all time. Well, they're nine and 41 all time against Texas. I put it in my preview, but to say Texas has their number, huge understatement. understatement. I mean, Texas State program on the rise, for, tied for first in the Sun Belt, but you get matched up against Texas, entirely different story. They didn't seem overmatched at all. I felt like they were in it. They were. They had the talent, like Coach uh, Assistant Coach Jeremy Fikak said, but he also put it. One mistake, and we'll go into that mistake later, led to the downfall of the game. Um, but I, but for the Bobcats, it started off really, really well to start the game off. The second pitch of the game, Corey Geisler led off home run to deep center field, his first uh, home run of the season. Then Cedric Valeras uh, got hit by a pitch, went to first base. Uh, David Pais, senior third baseman, followed up with a double, and three runs were scored in the inning. And you're Two runs were, excuse me, two runs were uh, scored in the inning, and Texas State had that little, like, okay, we're finally here. We have a little momentum. The crowd's on our side. Let's put this team away kind of mentality that I felt with, and it worked for about seven and a half innings. It was, it was, I really thought keeping up with the game um, on my phone and on Twitter, uh, U Star Sports, humble, yeah. humble uh, plug right there. But um, I, I, the guy really, who was live tweeting was just brilliant. I mean, he, I don't know. I'd love really to meet He's that guy. Really great at live tweeting. Yeah. Wink, wink. Um, but for but uh, keeping up with the game, uh, I had the feeling. I mean, it was similar to Houston. You were just like, man, for some reason, this team when they're at home playing nationally ranked teams, they just they know how to put the to put them away. And I think even coach said after the game, like he was like from the opening pitch, 
I th- like I thought we were going to win this game. Like, and you, I really felt that just like watching the game from social media, of course. But I was like, man, I really think that we're going to pull this off. Like, as the ca- game kept going and as the innings kept going in and the updates kept coming, I really was like, I cannot believe this. I really think that Bobcats are about to pull this off. And then, unfortunately, after that, the eighth inning came. And you want to fill everybody in on the turning point of the game? Oh man, uh, that's when. Montana Parsons, who pitched seven innings in his uh, start of in the game, he allowed two earned runs in that start. Um, Fikak replaced him with Corey Geisler, who is normally one of the, if not the best pitcher on the staff, at least in relief. And Geisler got the first two, uh, first two, he retired the first two batters. And you're looking at us, okay, one more out. We're in the ninth inning. They have a two-run lead. It's possible. Like it's, I was already looking at it as a journalist. I'm not usually excited about this, but I was, I was envisioning this front page with a different headline that we we didn't run, and it just, it seemed so grand. Um, but you then can he, see the light at the end of the tunnel. For yeah, sure. I, I made a mistake of doing. That. I I will never ever ever kind of like start visioning because uh, against Houston, I never thought. Um, but then again, the Longhorns made one big play, uh, a triple to deep center field, Derek Scheibel, who missed a play earlier. He missed a couple plays, actually, in center field. He looked very, very shaky. He had a lot of ground. Granted, Texas tested him throughout the game with several warning track fly balls. Like, they were just putting him at his wits, at his wits end. And he made, a, he made a misread. The ball went past him, triple. So now there's a runner at third base with two outs. And then Geisler uh, walked another batter. So now there's the runners on the corners. So then that's when Fikak decided, okay, Let's get Blake Witter in the game. He leads the league in, or, uh, he leads the team in cl- uh, saves. He leads the team in appearances. He's been there. He's done that. He's one of, if not the most reliable pitchers, close uh, right behind Geisler. And then you know he gives up one home run, the game, uh, the game-winning three-run home home run to uh, C.J. Hinojosa, Longhorns Junior shortstop, and that that was the the kind of capper, the kind of fatal blow to the knee that Texas State had and then the Longhorns added a run in the ninth inning and then just everything happened so point to that eighth inning as the reason why Texas State lost this game one pitch the pitch was a fastball on the inside of the play maybe a couple inches to the left maybe a couple inches to the right Hinojosa fouls it off to like David Pais and the game's over um but no it didn't happen that way unfortunately that's not how the game ended um you know, can't say enough about Montana Parsons uh, after at this game. He pitched seven quality innings, uh, really carried the Bobcats uh, on his back throughout this entire game. And we, we talked to him post-game. I, I wanted to ask him, okay, in the fifth inning, there was a moment in the game where he faced a little bit of adversity where he allowed a home run to lead off the, the fifth inning uh, by Michael Cantu, which made the score three to two. Um, and then you're looking at it, he allows another runner, and it's like, okay, what's going on? Is this the time to take Parsons out? He's just a freshman. He allowed five earned runs against UTSA in his last start. Doesn't look good this season, kind of iffy, maybe not sure of himself, but no. He retires eight consecutive batters to take him to the seventh and eighth inning, and you're looking and it goes, look at Mantena Parsons. I in the press box, everyone was like, why does Fikak still have him out? And what Fikak told him, because um, he visited the mound after that home run, and he said, I trust you. Your fastball command is on point. Believe in yourself. Trust in the process. You will get through this. Keep the ball down. Keep the ball down. Keep the ball down in the zone. He kept saying that to himself, and he kept the ball down. Got Texas State out of the jam, and. I look at Montana Parsons as potentially that kind of guy that can fill in as a starter, be in middle relief, and those guys in baseball, especially college baseball, are incredibly valuable. 
Yeah, great week for freshman pitching in both baseball and softball, and great managing by uh, Fikak right there to, uh, you know, trust in his young. A lot of confidence yeah, and yes. guts and balls, I guess, to say, to <laughs> leave of, him out there in that situation. A lot of sure. managers wouldn't have done that. Uh, they would have taken the freshman out. But giving, putting trust in your young freshman right there is uh, hugely uh like you know um impressionable or it'll be greatly valued it says a lot if your yeah, coach trusts you to be put in a situation where you're like you're against texas you're against, against the 10th best team, team in the yes. nation and you just allowed a home run and he says you know what I trust do your you. thing that's a, that would be that it says a huge volumes. confidence boost in montana parsons and it showed uh, throughout the rest of the game until the eighth inning for sure uh incredible incredible performance we'll hope to see more of that uh as the season goes on for sure and what I'll say about this game to ra- uh, to wrap it up is that I felt like this game of including the including factoring in their Houston win too uh, a couple weeks ago kind of reaffirms what this team and w- that they're capable um, any given night on compete against any uh, team in the country. You throw them against number three ranked Houston, they win. Um, they got shellacked by Rice, but that's still. Um, still a quality opponent there and then they play this well against texas in this spotlight this team can compete against everyone and the team that we saw against sam houston state when they were rock bottom that's not the team we're seeing now you're finally seeing them realize that they're not okay we're better than we we think we are and we're ready to go um so all in all baseball still you know they're still in a good spot i think i think after texas um but as always and with basketball wrapping up there's another sport that we need to address too because they're playing uh, Wednesday night against McNeese State, and that's the softball team. Um, McNeese State enters the game 23 and 10 in the season. They are first in the Southland Conference with a 99 record, and this team can hit the ball really, really well. They have five players uh, hitting above 300 this season, and um, a week matchup, a midweek matchup, just like baseball. Interesting for rotation purposes. Interesting for. It's not a conference matchup. It's non-conference. So uh, whoever it goes, I mean, it's interesting to see how that plays out. Interesting, interesting matchup for sure. Uh, this will be the first time we've faced McNeese State since 2012. Old Southland opponent for sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, I uh, I even remember when I came here freshman year going to see, uh, I believe I saw uh, softball, Texas State, McNeese State. might be the last time they played. I'm not for sure. I just remember going to that game um, back when – we weren't already in the FBS, and we hadn't changed conferences 20 million times. Um, so I I remember this game, and this should be this game should be very uh, well contested uh, Wednesday night. And um, we have Randy Rupp going on the mound, the Miss No Hitter. Uh, last time she pitched, just can't hit me nothing. Can't, can't hit, hit me anything. Nothing. I I ruined that lyric. Let's just go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's okay. Good try. <laughs> solid, solid. Tanya try. reference. Uh, drop the ball. There has to be one in every podcast, doesn't there? For sure. If I'm uh, the host, yeah. Yeah, that that is true. Um, Randy Rupp taking the mound. She's been on fire, as you just pointed out, um, throughout the rest of this whole season. Uh, expect another great performance from her. And um, like to see this team that McNeese is they they can hit they play defense they're going to be a formidable opponent for sure. Coach Ricky Woodard said that she expects this to be a low scoring game in the sense that, like you said, Randy Rupp's on the mound, but on the flip side, McNeese State has a pair of pitchers. Uh, one of them leads the Southland Conference in earned run average with 1.9. That would be 
Emily Vincent. She's uh, she's complemented by Rachel Smith, who has a 2.04 earn run average. Both of those earn run averages are higher than Randy Rupp, who is the ace of Texas State. And I don't want to read too much into earn run average because that's a stat that influenced by context, influenced by, okay, some situations you get an earn run. Sometimes like things just happen. It factors into defense probably too much. It's not the entire uh, pitcher. It doesn't encapsulate everything not that the it does. But sure. it does show what a pitcher is supposed to do, not allow runs. That's true. So by that extent, McNeese State should be able to, you know, hold Texas State's offense, which has been pretty good as of late. Um, Kendall Wiley in particular, junior first baseman, three-game hitting streak. She's leading the team with a 394 batting average. She's just crushing the ball. You have Kelly Baker at the top of the order. You have Ariel Ortiz second in the order. You have a team that is gelling on both sides of the ball, and I expect them to compete well, if not win against McNeese State. I mean, that that's that's just what I'm that's for sure. Definitely. Uh, Coach Woodard even said um, that the top of the lineup has done a great job getting or uh, buying into the offensive plan, and they've been attacking good pitches. And, you know, that's half the battle for this uh, for this team. Uh, they have six uh, offensive players that are uh, batting above uh, 300 right now. Altogether, those six batters have 44 doubles, 40 home runs, and five triples. So, I mean, they this team, the top of that order in this – uh, whole softball team is just in general has a chance to or they can attack the pitchers I think it's got to be early got to set the tone early and uh, just you know don't let late game mistakes you know take over you know uh, set the tone and stay with it general like sports rule just in general just win game see ball game. hit ball win yes. game uh, if Randy Rupp is performances of an indication all this team needs is maybe one run, run to win run. the game maybe yeah. like a couple hits let's let randy rupp do her thing um she has let's for context sake she has 176 strikeouts which is top five in the country um it's an insane amount they rely her she's been pitching 145 innings through 30 games workhorse pitcher reliable pitcher someone that you can entrust and it's kind of i feel like at least in softball if you have a pitcher that you know won't allow a lot of runs the offense kind of settles in and that's when you're seeing the Courtney Corals of the world the Courtney Harris's the Aero Ortiz the Kelly Bakers all of these these players just went okay I'm playing with house money Randy Rep's gonna get us the win I just need to do my part and that's how you do it um the matchup against McNeese State as Woodard said it's a rivalry atmosphere it's uh they it's it's close it's not a conference game but it's midweek one game non-conference it gets a quality opponent that's all you can say i mean that's that's gonna, that's got to be enough incentive to win as it is also the start of a five game home streak and you don't want to get that home home streak started off on the wrong note for sure they have uh let's see um lafayette a louisiana team's coming in this weekend it is uh lafayette i couldn't remember they just played monroe that's where my confusion came from um but they got they're not even looking forward to lafayette of course they have mcnee state in the way but you you want to get you want to get on the right foot starting this um five-game home streak, uh, hopefully they can, um, you know, get get uh, get on the uh, get on the road early. I'm looking forward to it. Should be an interesting game. I'll be excited to see the outcome. They won't look ahead, but I think for our purposes we should. Um, Louisiana Lafayette is 19-1 and in the conference, first in the Sun Belt, and they are just damn good at softball, just to put it lightly. I'm mincing words. I'm not being – I'm not, like – being intelligent about it but they're just really good at softball arguably one of the better teams in the country not just the conference so looking ahead it's a two-game series against Lafayette 
it would be nice to get a win just so you before you can give yourself some cushion and go, okay, we might lose both games in Lafayette. Let's just compete our hardest, see what happens, and put our best uh, our best foot forward. Um, but that's what's going on in softball. Another big weekend for softball. Baseball also has a Georgia Southern game, also first in the conference. Both are on the weekend. Both should be pivotal matchups going forward. Um, but Cameron, any final thoughts? Uh, my final thought is just I am hoping to see – uh, I just want to reiterate that Randy Rupp is a freshman, and she is pitching lights out, one of the best in the country, as you said. Like I am just excited that she is on this Texas State softball team after losing Rainhouse uh, to graduation last year. It's just nice to have somebody, a young a youngster, to take take over the reins this easily. And I just I want to see the powerhouse that this girl grows into. Um, incredible performance for her earlier this week, throwing a no hitter, her first since 2012. Um, just lights out. Um, really excited, as I've already said, that she's on this Texas State team. She's definitely the like first half of the season's probably getting close to like you would say like the we're about halfway through the season, just about a little kinda, more, little a little more, more than, than halfway. halfway. Yeah, okay, I would so, say so. So uh, definitely one of the biggest storylines for sure um, to highlight the softball team season. Wherever she goes, Texas State goes. I definitely. think that's I think that's just how it goes. Um, I'm excited for the weather. Um, non-sports wise, it was really nice today. I was able to put on some basketball shorts and walk out of the uh, walk out of the apartment and be perfectly fine it's baseball weather it's softball weather it's the time to watch this and i'm excited because my fine my brain is finally going to that mode because in previous mode i was in football mode for the whole semester i was in basketball mode now it's time to regroup and be in baseball and softball mode and they are playing pretty good quality uh baseball and softball at this current moment in time so that's something to look forward to um but that's our show for today uh for cameron cutshaw i'm keisha ramirez peace out